Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? I love the heart-heavy sigh that comes after the <laughs> intro of this podcast. Especially yeah, exactly. on weeks like this one, where we really go hard in the every direction. Oh man, this is honest, wait, which I love it also because uh, it's it's expanded my, my palette for horror movies, where it used to be sort of... Uh, because I think we all kind of start from a place of like, yeah, you know, I like a bit of the old uh, Halloween and, and Friday the 13th. And then uh, at a certain point, you just like, it's you shaving your own eyeballs and yelling, I just want to feel something. And that's the movies we end up doing on this podcast at this point, I think. I'm so hyped because I bought a copy of Kaiju Mono, the uh, oh yeah wrestler kaiju movie with my boyfriend Kota Ibushi in it and yeah Kota Ibushi uh, and uh, murder dad Minoru Suzuki yeah I'm, I'm so hyped to talk about this on the show but that's not what we're talking about this week this week <laughs> we're talking about wolf guy enraged lycanthrope not to be confused with wolf cop right there are a lot of different uh, wolf noun movies uh, or just wolf with jack nicholson which by the way you realize at some point on this podcast we're gonna have to do wolf with jack nicholson also wolfen also bad moon also there's like 18 other howling sequels we haven't done yet Man, honestly, uh, werewolf movies, I feel like uh, they're easy to do because you just sort of go, oh, yeah, a werewolf movie. We've all seen one of those. Just get a fucking woolly bodysuit and you're off to the races. Which does not ever have a transformation <laughs> sequence in the whole movie, even though it starts with a countdown telling us the cycle, the lunar cycle. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we should... Holy shit. So Wolf Guy, this is a 1975 uh, Japanese horror movie called, and I cannot stress this enough, Wolf Guy colon enraged lycanthrope. Yeah. Uh, he and he it's, mad. <laughs> he real mad. So uh, this is a Sonny Chiba vehicle, as are most of the best movies from the 70s. Uh, and Sonny Chiba plays a cop, kind of? He is actually a reporter, but he's like a there hard-boiled investigator kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like a gumshoe, yeah. uh, and his thing is that he's a wolf. Now, when I say that his thing is that he's a wolf, uh, we get these flashbacks to him as a child. Where uh, was it? His mother got murdered in front of him. So the the whole clan that he's from. So what's really weird is the flashbacks are almost feudal Japan, and I don't know a whole lot about Japanese history, but I was under the impression that even in, like, Sonny Chiba couldn't be a day over 45 in this movie. But still, no. if you subtract 1975 from 45, <laughs> that's still, like, 1930, which would still be you know, industrialized Japan as of world power, which means your village would not be straw thatched hut still, I believe. Yeah. yeah, 1975 minus 45 does not equal Tokugawa Shogunate. No, it's like Tokugawa Shogunate. It is a, what it is, is it's an extra set they had lying around from a samurai movie and they shot mm -hmm. this village being burned because they had to get rid of the set anyway. 
But the implication <laughs> is that Wolf Guy, because that's all the name you really get for Sonny Chiba in this movie, is that the, guy. The titular. That guy the titular wolf is guy. a wolf. All you really get is that these provincial folks are all werewolves, and the town's, the neighboring village doesn't like that, so they kill them all except for Sonny Chiba. Except for Sonny Chiba, who uh, there's this really dope uh, credit sequence where you just see this whole village being laid uh, bloody waste by these these dudes, and then it sort of uh, does a, cl- uh, a a slow zoom on baby Sonny Chiba, where he's like a chiblet, and he's just uh, hanging out on his dead mom, kind of petting her like a like the family dog, and she's dead, and you know, just sort of doing a thousand yard stare into the middle distance. Um, and th- but my my question about this: How did they know that these villagers were weirfolk? Because nobody ever turns into a werewolf. I think it's just like when you know, you know. Because throughout the whole movie, everyone is like, "Hey, wh- hey, wolf guy!" Like everybody knows that he's a wolf. But wolf guy's powers are literally just—he's really good at track and field. Like that's literally. His superpowers is he's really good at running and jumping. Well, to be fair, he also when he, so he's really good at martial arts as well, and True. he's able to claw people's faces off. So that is the oh, one right. wolfish part. Besides his his um, perm, is he has very sharp fingernails and scratches <laughs> people. It is a very wolfy perm. So we should uh, give a brief plot synopsis in as much as we can for Wolf Guy. Like the movie starts in downtown Tokyo with a man in an all-white suit and all-white driving gloves being chased Gotta have the driving gloves. by an unseen assailant. Then, he, as he falls upon an all-white car, he is ripped open by ghost claws and is clawed <laughs> to death. Which, you know, it's important to wear all-white so that that blood can really pop. Very clearly, and and the the effects of people's skin splitting as if a ghost was clawing someone is very oh, cool. it's so good. This is a goopy fucking movie. Like the squibs going on in this thing, everybody is just exploding left, right, and center. Yeah. So, Wolf Guy discovers that these dudes are cursed by a ghost tiger. Which, by the way, zooms in on the camera. Like, after uh, this guy uh, explodes into tiger wounds out of nowhere, and then superimposed on screen is what looks like a tiger yawning or something? Yeah, it's a yawn. It is the fattest rest um, <laughs> zoo tiger you have ever seen. It is like... The absolute unit. Yeah, an absolute unit unimposing tiger <laughs> that they just had some big chungus claims his revenge <laughs> <laughs> like it's just yeah a very fat tiger goes and then a dude explodes into tiger wounds and it's like oh shit and then so wolf guy um who is the uh, out of everybody the guy in the white suit could have run run to in this crowd runs up on wolf guy and goes help me i'm dying and so the cops take uh wolf guy into custody and they're like i don't know dude this guy came to you to die, so that makes you a suspect. This guy grabbed you. You were the last one seen with this guy alive, and then he exploded into blood. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of so, sus, yeah. Governor. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it looks it. Oh, oh, this looks bad. Um, and so the guy, you find out that he was in a band called the Mobs with uh, several other dudes, and they had been 
Which um, is you, a Japanese underground rock band. Yeah, yeah, Japanese like a underground psychedelia rock band. band. You know what? Honestly, the mobs, they're not bad. No, not bad, except for the whole gang rape thing. Aside from the whole gang rape thing, so they, uh, you find out that they were uh, paid by the head of their record label to uh, rape and beat the shit out of uh, this one pop star. Uh, because she's dating the senator's son, and the senator wanted his son to marry another woman out of convenience and political alliance. So by making this uh, woman be raped and contracting syphilis, which is part of the plan, which also implies right. that this rock band all is syphilitic, and that's what makes them such funky musicians. This is the weirdest Xanatos gambit I have ever <laughs> Is All right, that bass player... And it works! It works! It works like like gangbusters, even. Yeah. They so And they, you find out that all these ex-band members are now cursed by uh, the Ghost Tiger... Because, like, this ruined her life. Like, she uh, she's still alive when the movie uh, starts, and she's kind of going from, like, low-rent strip club to low-rent strip club, just trying to eke out a living. And Wolf Guy um, hangs out with her and feels bad because her life was ruined. Well, he hangs out with her, and she plays this whole, like, oh, don't look at me, I'm so hideous, and you wouldn't love a girl like me kind of thing. And he's like, well, sort of. I'll pity you, and she's like, "No, don't do it." Yeah, fuck out of here. Yeah, and and you get this really heartbreaking. Honestly, the camera work. In, all right, this movie is so much better than it has any right to be. Like, you get these shots of uh, who she was before this happened to her, where she's like a pop star, and it's just like this giant portrait in the background of this room, and she's like, her life has been ruined, so she's in the foreground suffering with like so, the ghost of her career in the background. Important question. If you were to replace one entire wall of your home with a portrait of what photo would you choose and why? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what photo of myself I would choose. It would be uh, the photo of me when I was in first grade. Um, and I didn't I didn't quite know how smiling worked yet. So I'm just doing this little like, like the, the Tina Belcher, show me your everything is fine. Thanks. <laughs> Because it's the most perfect, it's it's the most perfect iteration of my internal uh, life is just me not knowing how smiling works and going. Mm. Um, what about what about you? If you had a giant imposing portrait of yourself to to hang out in your home, which one would I it be? I think it would be when I was in ninth grade and I uh, came back from uh, summer vacation after dyeing my hair a crazy color. And all mm -hmm. the dye had come out of my hair, and it was just bleach blonde. And it was before I learned about deep conditioners. And um, <laughs> because I was a, a smug, shitty teen, the camera uh, guy was like, smile. So I gave like the most toothy, fake, sarcastic smile. So I have this like giant <laughs> grinning face with the deadest eyes possible. And I don't know, I'm just a glutton for punishment. I think that's what I would look at every day <laughs> to remind me of who I used to be. Yeah, yeah, fried bleached hair, just, yeah, like, sarcastic little goon smile. Just Piano like, key eh. necktie um, on a polyester <laughs> shirt. Extremely good. And and so uh, this uh, pop star, Mickey, 
she, uh, it's sort of revealed that, like, what, she's enacted a curse upon the she, mob? She is so angry, so rightfully angry. And the police acquit mm. Akira, a.k.a. Wolf Guy, because they're like, there's no science to explain this, so it's clearly ghosts. Which is my favorite thing <laughs> about Japanese society, is that ghosts are so culturally accepted that in this movie, even in their, it's so wild. They're like, yeah, it's probably ghosts. Like the whole thing about yokai, like <laughs> that umbrella is so old. It's probably a ghost now. Okay. We'll tell stories about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we don't have any better explanations. So what we got right now is me and the guys down at the station think that it's uh, ghosts. Probably ghosts. <laughs> it's probably ghosts. They're just like, all right, well, I guess it's fucking ghosts. And then they just, you know, they proceed on. And also, they're totally correct. It's fucking ghosts. Also, also, this woman uh, picks up Akira, a.k.a. Wolf Guy, on the street and mm. takes him back to her apartment and sits him on the bed. And it is a rotating circular bed with a mirror on the ceiling. <laughs> And as soon as they walk in, and this movie is, of course, scored entirely in funk riffs. You're like, oh, they're going to fuck. Waka chicka, waka chicka. And then they get on the oh, bed, yeah. and she licks the blood off of him in a seductive off way. Off of his fingers. Yeah. yeah, I was actually, I was I was pretty excited about, like, all right, I thought this was going to be a boring, like, 70s sex scene. But this is much weirder than I had anticipated. I'm pleased about that. Yeah, this movie... Also, this movie is based on a comic, and it's so clearly a comic because it just keeps going, and it does oh, not follow yeah. any... It, it follows comic book plot structure, not film plot structure. Meaning, comic now, books here's... have to go on forever, so things just keep happening. And this movie is right. literally... We've resolved the mystery. We found out why she's a ghost. Oh, wait, now the government has harnessed her as a... A psychic weapon, a la Akira. <laughs> oh wait, now yeah. we've fixed that. Oh wait, now there's another guy that we've blown up. Oh wait, now we're <laughs> back to the descendants of the people that killed Wolf Guy's parents are trying to kill him. Oh wait, now there's a man that got a werewolf transfusion, so now he's a werewolf and wants to fight the werewolf and says, "Werewolf, we're perfect equals." Oh my god! And then it's like, all right, so we definitely need to t need to tuck a weird Freudian sex scene in here, where it's like, oh yeah, it's like juxtaposing Wolf Guy uh, drinking his mother's breast milk with like hanging out with another lady and like sucking boob and he literally says i've been reborn which is like we got the metaphor my guy you don't have to make it creepy oh it's amazing he goes on about it where he's just like i feel like i've just been born again by you i feel like you are my mother you're literally my mother like honestly i wish that the rest of the movie had just been like him exhaustively exhaustively being like you know in a way you're both my lover and my mother and it's just uncomfortable he just goes on like and it, and it goes on like that um, for the a, plot good, of this movie, a good significant amount of time. <laughs> yeah, for a significant amount of time. And the plot of this movie, I, this is honestly, and I've noticed this about a lot of like sort of Sonny Chiba movies and also a lot of just like generally 70s uh, Japanese horror. It's like five different movies sort of bunched together into one movie. Yeah, you know, the director, uh, Kazuhiku Yamaguchi, um, is mostly known for for martial arts movies and also sexy girl gang biker movies. 
<laughs> Fuck yes. The the fight scenes in this are just outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, that's oh because God. it's from the director of Karate Bear Fighter. <laughs> which is Sunny Chiba fighting bears. Oh, of of the Tokyo Karate Bear Fighters? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Honestly, and, and Sunny Chiba... All right, so I'm going to say a thing, and I'm going to see if it's true. Uh, Sunny Chiba is like the goofy younger brother of Toshiro Mifune. You know, I, I would get that. I think Sunny Chiba is probably... No, that, that holds water. Or Sunny Chiba is the Charles Bronson of 70s horror. Yes, that is, that is he's the just... thing. He is down for whatever. Yeah, he's just, Sunny Chiba, he shows up and it's like, all right, well, I guess you're hunting down ghosts, maybe? Or also greasers? Yeah, this movie, all right, it doesn't make any goddamn sense, but what it does have going for it, um, it's a werewolf movie without werewolves, which is which is wonderful. Um, it has some of the weirdest sex scenes I've ever seen because it's sort of like, it's like a sex scene made by somebody who's not terrifically interested in the sex scene, so it's looking at everything else except the actual fucking. Now, Ryan, have you seen Tom Popo? I have not seen Tom Popo. They seductively eat a live prawn together, and they pass an egg yeah. yolk back and forth in their mouths. What? <laughs> because they're oh gourmets. <laughs> See, this is I, this is how I know I've become like a, a a worn out hobgoblin because of this podcast. Is you just said that, and I'm like, oh shit, we should have done that for this. Well, podcast. that's actually a, a legitimate piece of cinema. Like all all mm-hmm. all goofs aside, Tom Popo is like one of the best films I've ever seen, and it's very good, oh, yeah. and I cannot recommend it enough. And it has no ghoulishness at all, except they do eat an egg and make out with it at the same time by passing it back and forth without breaking the yolk. That's, I, I love that. Like, listen, there's nothing weird here. It's all tasteful. I mean, there is that one moment where they pass an egg back and forth also, in their the mouth. Also, the same guy is in a movie theater and the dude next to him is eating chips loudly and he's like, motherfucker, stop. <laughs> I'm which trying is, to honestly, enjoy a film which you're is- eating chips. <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, does he actually like attack the guy? He 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 like chews him out. And he like stop. Like he's the narrator, and he stops narrating the film to talk to this guy in the movie theater about why he's eating so loudly. Shit! I need to watch this. Tom Popo is a western about ramen noodles. I am already sold on Tom Popo. That's I like both of these things. Honestly, I kind of wish we could just turn this into a Tom Popo podcast. We would need to find a way to work in like something about passing things back and forth with elves because I feel like I've seen every time I've seen that in a movie, it is never not meant to be a weird gross out moment. Yeah, there is some definite body horror in it. Yeah. So where do you want to put star of Karate for Life, Sunny Chiba, on our list? Ooh, all right, all right. So let's, uh, hmm. So other psychedelic 70s horror movies in on our list include Haosu and Godzilla versus a literal pile of trash, Hedra. <laughs> Same. I, so here's my question. Haosu doesn't make any goddamn sense. This makes sense for about 15 minutes at a time before deciding to do a different movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, we finally explained what's happening. Well, I guess we got to do something else so you can't keep up. 
Yeah, it's like no. Listen, this isn't this isn't for noobs. This is for people who are able to switch focus at a minute's notice. Um, I feel like between the two, between Hausu and um, Wolf Guy, I want to give the edge to Hausu. Oh, for sure. I think the imagery in Hausu is way better. Yeah. And although the choreography and the fight scenes are very good, it's no Hausu. Yeah, and and Wolf Guy and Rage Lycan threw up. It's not, it's not chopped liver. Like I enjoyed the shit out of this, and it's wonderful. But also, I'm kind of good on, like, I don't know, like, the, the rape backstory, it's hard to get through. Yeah, it's pretty gross, and also the heavy-handed Freudianism is just oh, Jesus. so much. Also, there's real surgery with a psychedelic lens on top of it, and that was the part of the oh, movie yeah. I almost had to tap out on. Yeah, it's it literally. That is, it's, that's part of the we're gonna turn this motherfucker into a werewolf by taking out parts of this werewolf and putting him in there. <laughs> also, fun fact: if you do a dr- blood transfusion between a werewolf and a human, the human explodes. <laughs> that's I've heard that you just you put a little bit of a werewolf pancreas inside a man, and instantly it's like a cherry bomb and a watermelon, which. Now, that scene, I what was the point of, like, okay, so definitely we need legit surgery footage, but with photonegative filters attached to it so that it doesn't look like surgery. I mean, the 70s in Japanese cinema was really, we can do whatever we want because censorship is kind of eased up. So that's why mm. we get so many of this, like, pink cinema that's, like, horny adjacent. Right. Well, it, it makes sense to me because, like, especially I, the last. Uh, so I was watching uh, *Drunken Angel* by Kurosawa, and I feel like, like, that was you know immediately post World War II, and there were so many things in place that were you know preventative for like you couldn't make any like serious political statements. You couldn't focus on how devastated Japan was after World War II. Like, I, it makes complete sense to me because I think. To a certain degree, like, America did that, too, after the Hayes Code was repealed. Like, we kind of went buck with... The 70s, in general, I think it's safe to say, buckwild decade for uh, horror. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, the top 20 movies we have on this list, I feel like we favor the 70s really heavily. But, I mean, and legitimately, like, there are wonderful horror movies in every decade, but there's such a 70s flavor of transgressive, weird, grimy, just, like... It's like it's rolling around in the corpse of the hippie movement in a lot of ways, where it's just like, everything is terrible, uh, God has abandoned us, but we have gross movies, so at least there's that. I wonder if part of that is also film stock. Oh, definitely. This is also, um, Christina has asked, like, because, so Christina doesn't, for example, care for 70s movies in general because they look so fucking, like, greasy and sallow, and we've, you know, and then we realize, like, oh, no, that's entirely on the film stock. It wasn't meant to look like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I think that's kind of part of it. But there's something about horror that that just is so apropos. Well, yeah. Like, you don't want to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, like, crystal clear high def. Yeah. You you want it to look kind of greasy and weird and kind of um, smeared, like kind of vaseline and Wolf Guy, there is this movie has such a fucking vibe on it that I can't totally describe. So, what would you prefer to watch again, Wolf Guy with its almost two hours of eight billion different plot lines, or The Twilight oh People, which is the most dangerous game but gay with manimals? 
I mean, you put it that way, and the answer is always going to be the second one. But I feel like between the two of them, this is another movie that I realize, like, oh, I'm going to be putting this on in the background while I do stuff, probably forever. That soundtrack is, is perfect. It's it's a perfect sleazy funk soundtrack for the, for a seventies horror movie, and also like, it, it's one of those movies that uh, I I think we've talked about this specific genre of movie before, um, silent bar TV. Yes. This is a movie to put on uh, a TV behind the bar uh, at some dive bar that, you know, you know, you don't need to hear the dialogue or see what's going on to follow along. You just you see striking visuals and weird shit and you kind of go, oh, I wonder what the fuck that is before you grab your drink and go to a table. So super important question. What's a better werewolf movie? The Wolfman with Benicio del Toro or Wolf Guy? <laughs> Oh, Wolf Guy, definitely, because The Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro, there's no there there. Like, there's just nothing to recommend that movie, where this movie at least has some of, like, some really wild fucking effects, especially for 1975. And also, this is a movie that you want on your uh, DVD rack just so that company can see that you have a movie called Wolf Guy from 1975. Yeah, you know, Wolf Guy. Also, uh... Prior to our sponsor Shutter picking this up and screening it, this was an Arrow re-release, and I believe it is Arrow's uh, thanks to Arrow that people kind of know about it. It was not on my radar at least before these dudes put out a Blu-ray of this movie. Oh, definitely not. And Arrow, I think, tends to do the Lord's work with finding just these bizarro fucking psychotronic movies from the seventies, and just like, hey, have ever have you ever heard of Wolf Guy Enraged Lycanthrope? No, you have and, now. And then, yeah, and after two hours of this, nothing made any sense anymore, and I was very pleased with the experience. Now, so it's better than the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. Um, uh, all right, what's what's our floor for this? Like, what is this movie definitely, or our ceiling for this? What is this movie definitely not better than? This? Oh, let's see. I'm scrolling up. Um, what about? Oh man, I'm. It's it's hard to decide. Body melt is body melt definitely better. I mean, body melt is definitely surrealist sleaze horror. I feel like body horror is definitely better for sure. I think absolutely, Alien versus Ninja is better. <laughs> oh, Alien versus Ninja is definitely better. Okay, so down a little bit. Uh, so. If that's our ceiling, it's not going above uh, body melt. It's definitely not going to go below. I mean, is it better than Shallow Water? Oh, it's definitely better than Shallow Water. What about Howling 3? Definitely better than Howling 3. Really? That Buckwild... Uh, Howling 3 is the werewolves are actually marsupials because they're really <sighs> the Tasmanian tigers. That is true. It is marsupials. All right, actually, going by that, Howling 3 is better. I, I had forgotten that that was the one that was literally called Howling 3, the marsupials. Yes, yes. So hmm. that's at number 247. Right beneath that is Shallow Water, the short film about the shark monsters. It's so cool. And Deep Blue Sea Two. Oh man! All right, here's all right. So here's what it is, right? I think uh, Wolf Guy in Rage Lycanthrope is better than Shallow Water, uh, the short film with the weird like shark turtles, 
and not as good as Howling 3 colon the marsupials. I think that's a good call. So that's number yep. 248. Yeah, all right, so number 248, Wolf Guy colon Enraged Lycanthrope. And guys, if you haven't seen it, it is on Shudder. Um, probably, I, all right, either watch this with friends or entirely by yourself. Do not watch it when people are just sort of passing by because you will look like a fucking maniac. Yes. Let me tell you about the next movie we're going to talk about. Please. Uh, you know RoboCop? Yeah, I know RoboCop, yeah. Do you ever wish RoboCop was a lady? Fuck, cons- honestly, have you been reading my dream diary again? <laughs> well, let's talk about the 1990 uh, Hong Kong release Robotrix. Holy shit. So this is like Robot Dominatrix, basically? Robot Dominatrix, but also RoboCop, but also Terminator, but also Softcore, but also martial arts movie, but also uh, wacky sex comedy. <laughs> so this movie, Robotrix, wears a lot of hats. Yes, it wears a whole lot of hats. Um, so Holy this shit. is now streaming on Midnight Pulp, who are a new sponsor. Uh, Midnight Pulp is a streaming service, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that's got weirder stuff than Shudder on it. Because it has Robotrix. I mean, if it, yeah, that's what it is. If it has Robotrix. Also, I, I, I love that it's called Midnight Pulp, because that just instantly, I feel like, tells you everything you need to know about the streaming service. Yeah. Do you have Rampo Noir? We do. Do you have Rubber's Lover? We do. Do you have Shrom <laughs> and Necromantic 1 and 2 and Der Toad's King? You know we do. You didn't have to ask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly insulted that you had to ask. I, Yeah, so Robotrix, especially, like, so how would you describe the plot of Robotrix? Well, Ryan, let me tell you. So this guy is in, this this bigwig is staying in uh, Hong Kong, and he is surrounded by hot uh, Hong Kong women. And they're all wearing translucent white shirts, and they immediately get in a hot tub, and you immediately see his bare ass. A police detail is guarding this guy because he's the son of an Arab diplomat. And the police uh, captain of this squad is our hotshot-by-the-books cop, Linda. So they're... Okay. protecting this guy because there's some terrorism going on and then immediately this big hulking dude kicks the door open and kills everybody and takes this guy naked and drapes him over his shoulder in a fireman carry with his taint just straight up on his shoulder and walks away next nice. scene we're in the hospital the Linda's police boyfriend says what's going on uh, I can't believe, you know, is she still in surgery? And uh, they're like, yeah, we're waiting to hear from it. Go across town to the Hong Kong Robot Expo, where a uh, robot competition is going on, where every country has their stereotypical robot type, where Germany's uh, robot is really uptight, and America's robot right. looks like a mix between... Sylvester Stallone and um, Bruce Springsteen, and they get in a kung that, that fu. That checks out, actually. And then it's broken up by China's robot, the Robotrix. Uh, it's revealed that 
robots can look like people very easily. Uh, they just need a shell. And in fact, our mad scientist, who is also a busty uh, Asian woman, and her uh, her assistant, who is also known as a star in um, Taiwanese porn, uh, is a robot. So... Excellent. Uh, Which, honestly, any representation of America that's just sort of like, you know what, we think of you, it's basically Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Springsteen. And you're like, you know what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that, that sounds about right. And especially um, in any sort of, like, especially in an anime where there's an American character whose things that they are America, I'm always just kind of like, yeah, fuck me up. Like, this is, is weird. Horrible... <laughs> yeah, please do the goofiest fucking cowboy version of America you possibly can. What is your favorite version of that? I think mine is G Gundam, where the giant robot wears a football uh... helmet, rides a surfboard, has two six guns. <laughs> I, you, my God, my mind, ear mind. I was actually just about to say G Gundam. <laughs> like, yeah, we're and he's got that dumb like Clint Eastwood move where he oh my god it's it's so good. I also love uh, that Japan's Gundam is the coolest because of course <laughs> and it's just of, a normal Gundam <laughs> which by the way speaking of speaking of uh, uh Gundams um are you aware that Neon Genesis is about to be on Netflix Oh fuck my my body is not ready I know I honestly this is I'm so excited because like Neon Genesis Evangelion was the thing that when I was a teenager ruined my life. And I know so many people as adults, because I almost wonder, especially if you're like uh, an embarrassing weeaboo, which I absolutely was at one point, and I feel like many of the people I know uh, were at one point. If you, It's sort of like the misfits in that if you don't get into it at a certain point of your adolescence or something, you'll never totally get into it. I So here's something that's going to shock you. I have never watched mm -hmm. the original series. I've only watched the reboot films. Uh, that uh -huh. came out a couple years ago, so I might have oh. broken your theory because I fucking you might love have. Neon Genesis, and I've never watched this original series, and I'm so excited oh, fuck. to do so. Quincy, should we? I feel like we should live tweet uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like this is uh, one of those series that I know I'm going to show a bunch of people and completely ruin their lives. Uh, it was uh, so, especially I, I I wonder about what bits of like seminal like American media people in, for example, Japan have watched where they're like, Oh my God, have you seen fucking Seinfeld? Like, is it weird that we're so obsessed with Genesis Evangelion? I don't or? think so because I was actually on a website, which shall remain nameless that had mm -hmm. uh, pirated um, power Rangers on it. Uh, and, and in addition to Ultraman and Power Rangers and all your Japanese media, they had a cartoon section and it was Powerpuff Girls and Hey Arnold. So there are people in other countries <laughs> who are watching pirated Powerpuff Girls and Hey Arnold the same way that we're binging uh, other countries' cartoons. That's fucking wonderful, especially because I think of all the lesbians I personally know who uh, grew up on uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. And yeah, it's the it's the great circle of life. I honestly, this is the thing I love that anime is so fucking accessible now for kids. Because again, when you know, and we've we've talked about this on Rank and File, but like again, back in the day, you had to like meet some guy behind the mall, you know, parking lot to get you know pay thirty bucks for like uh, a VHS with two episodes of Ronma One Half on it or something. Yeah, it, and it was terrible. You can get. And it was very bad. And so the fact that you can actually get like a Crunchyroll account or that Netflix goes, hey, here's Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
all of it, and you can actually, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but so anyway, so, uh, or your library has DVDs, but someone stole volume two of neon Genesis. So you'll never get to watch it all, (laughs) which is something that's actually happened in my community. Oh no, that's violence. Well, that's why I haven't started it because it's like, why if, if volumes, they have volume one and volume four and that's it. Right. Right. And that's, and actually, so as this is a horror podcast, I want to point out here feel like there is a Darth of good horror anime. Um, I will... With the, I, I mean, with, with some exceptions, obviously, but I feel like frequently I'll uh, sit down to watch a horror anime like, you know, Tokyo Ghoul or Boogie Pop Phantom, and they're just not very good. Is it because it's... And this is what's going to make me sound like, uh, you know, now we're entering Cracker Barrel story time on the podcast. Oh, sure. Is it because it's just not as good as it (laughs) used to be? I mean, once you make Iria, Zyrum, and Lily Cat, and all these shows, have you, like, scraped the bottom of the horror barrel? I feel like you either have or you need to do something entirely different to keep it vital and interesting. Are you aware that there are adaptations of Junji Ito comics that are anime? I am aware of that, and also, where do I find these horrifying things? <laughs> you are not ready. Like, I am not ready. Junji Ito, like, I and I'm a, a debauched old ghoul, and even I'm, like, I look at Junji Ito stuff, and I'm like, I, I need an adult. This is, this is a lot. I bought a Gyo hardcover. Could not finish it because it was too creepy. Brought it to D&D night and passed it around. Uh, let one of my friends take it home. He brought it back next month and refused to take <laughs> it. And it's just like the tape in the ring. It just goes from life to life shattering everything. You've just, yeah, you've cursed them with this Jinji Ito comic. Uh, honestly, I, I, th- I feel like horror manga is generally pretty great. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if that's just me being either, like, snobby or disconnected from it or just not having seen the right stuff. I mean, like, you know, Devilman Crybaby fucking owns. We've we've ranked that on the podcast. But, I yeah, I, I want to see more horror anime. I think the thing that really bums me out, because Blood and Blood Sea and Blood plus and all of the nc plus plus and all those there's some really good gory stuff in that but it also is like the most weirdly i'm not a fan of anime that sexualizes teenagers which is a unfortunately large amount of anime yeah and see the problem is like especially i grew up sort of watching a lot of like uh anime like love hina and sort of um, really goofy sort of shoujo stuff. And it's fine when you're a teenager because it's you're also a teenager. Like, I don't know, I feel like if you're a 32-year-old married man watching anime that sexualizes teenagers, there's a problem and you, you need to find something different. Yeah, but also it begs the question, who's making it? And why Preach. are they I making mean, 32 it? 32-year-old married men, right? right like, it's, right. it's like, looking grown-ass men. If you interview all of these adult you know, filmmakers and animators and cartoonists, they're like, come on, dude, don't do that. There, Yeah, there, there is exactly one connected issue here. Um, but, so, Robotrix, uh, give me, all right, give me your elevator pitch for the plot of Robotrix. So, 
the guy that killed Linda is actually a mad scientist who's put himself into a really strong robot who's a Nazi biker and is also uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator. Um, He is continuing to wreak havoc in Hong Kong by murdering prostitutes because he's a robot and he can have sex real good so he sexes women Mm -hmm. to death um (laughs) jesus christ so this goon so uh in order to counter a robot with a human brain the most dangerous they take dead linda who by the way died on the operating table while we were watching the robot expo and put her also into a robot so okay. she now is able to fight the bad robot, and also there's like hilarious sex comedy ensues because her friend is a robotrix as well and has never had sex with a man. So they're trying to set up a sting to catch this prostitute murdering robot, and she just has sex with a bunch of Johns and like. You know, everyone laughs, and, like, one of the cops is a perv, and he keeps getting nosebleeds, and, like, it's mostly an hour of hygiene, of sexual hijinks with um, Mm -hmm. busty uh, robots, but also kung fu fighting with robots and, like, really creepy dismemberment and stuff. And, like, the robot... Holy shit. The, the bad robot tortures the um, diplomat's son by using a power drill in his leg and, like, legit drills holes all up and down his thighs and yeah, everything like that. But it's, like, the music is, like, Wolf Guy's music is the most 70s possible. This is Hong Kong radio pop from 1990 so it is the most synthesized stuff and um as much as it's a lot of the movie really is that whole it's 1990 and we don't know where to get porn so we'll just shove it into a movie because it's you know look it's 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 either this or weather beaten porn we found in the woods so let's just put some teddies in right this. and there are so many boobs in this um but yeah it's it's just a vehicle for boobs and also vague references to everything that was popular in 1990 in terms of cinema here's the problem with it it's not the best female RoboCop movie from Asia that I have seen. <laughs> oh, there's a non-zero number of... of... Well, Lady Battle Cop, actually. Uh, so I watched this movie with a friend of the show, Non-Playable Kyle, mm-hmm. and we went through his extensive video collection, <laughs> and he showed me Lady Battle Cop, uh-huh. which is actually, which is a Japanese movie directed by a guy that directed Power Rangers. So it's what if Power Rangers, but also Terminator, but also RoboCop, but actually violent, and um, well, it's a lot better. You've seen, you've seen Robo Geisha, right? No, I've actually missed out on another oh, robot fuck. revenge movie. <laughs> I love that I thought you were talking about Robo Geisha and you were talking about a different cybernetic lady revenge uh, movie from Japan. And not to be confused with Machine Girl and not to be confused with Meatball Machine and not to be confused with Tokyo oh. War Police. There's Man, a trend. Fucking Meatball Machine. 
But, you know, I'm, I'm noticing a motif here. You know, the, and this is the thing that makes me realize also. Uh, so you saw season two of Glow, right? Yes. Uh, actually, no, uh, I've, I'm not caught up yet. Okay, uh, so Mark Maron's character, which uh, season two thankfully gives us way less of than season one because I did not want that much fucking Mark Maron. Uh, you know, that he was a director who did a movie called uh, Gina the Machina. And honestly, after doing this podcast, I know the primary demographic for Gina the Machina. It's us. Yeah. It's, it's us totally on the spot. Us. So yeah. there's, there's no escape. I would put Robotrics remarkably right next to wolf guy on this list it's really, really it's not as good as robo vampire in terms of insane hong kong cinema because also robo vampire has hopping vampires which are my absolute favorite um oh sure but it's better than batman dead end for sure well i mean batman dead end i mean literally the entire uh, hook of the thing is what if batman but predator and alien uh which is perfectly fine for what it is but also i uh, between that and uh, a movie that takes place in a certain milieu like robotrix which is uh robot lady revenge film um i god damn it i love that that's a specific subgenre of japanese film in in other um asian countries oh sure so i would say actually Deep Blue Sea 2 is probably a better film, but not by much. Remind me of somebody who was in Deep Blue Sea 2. Um, the shark from Deep Blue Sea 1. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, perfect film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, I, one, it's exactly what I cannot tell you off the top of my head. It's been so long since I've watched Deep Blue Sea 2. I can tell you the... It's directed by the Tales from the Hood guy, and it has piranha sharks, baby sharks, and that's oh, all yeah. I can tell you about it. God damn, Quincy. After we've ranked this film, we will be at 348 films. And I seen. feel it in my bones. <laughs> I feel every goddamn hour of it. Um. So yeah, so uh, you th- you don't think that that's as good right. as, as uh, Batman... And it's definitely better than Anti-Birth because that oh, definitely movie better than was painful to watch, although the ending is worth it. And this is actually the, the sex comedy romp actually is a, is pretty enjoyable. Well, it's cute. <laughs> and the ending is romantic. Like the end of the movie is like everything's all happy again. And, and you know, it's, it's a rom-com. Man. And not in the way that Venom is a rom-com, like, it's a real rom-com. <laughs> Which, uh, since watching Venom that first time for the podcast, I have now rewatched it again since being in Colorado with a bunch of people, because a couple of the people uh, staying with us have not seen Venom. So the rest of us who had seen Venom were like, oh, my guy, we're we're all sitting... Up. We're watching Venom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's wonderful. So yeah, so coming in at our new... Number 251, above Batman Dead End, but below Deep Blue Sea 2, which apparently features the shark from Deep Blue Sea 1, is uh, Robotrix. Uh, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us on the internet? Well, listeners can find us on Twitter, which is primarily where we uh, hang out all the time at just Rank and Vilecast on Twitter, where we are just shit posting left, right, and center day and night. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Just Rank and Vile and on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile. We almost got to a listener request on this episode. We generally try to. Uh, if you have a movie that you are desperate for us to watch, 
you're going to want to send that request either on the ask box on the Tumblr at Rank and Vile, or you're going to want to email it to us at uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. We are over on Stitcher. We are on fucking Letterboxd. Where else are we at? Uh, we are on both Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. If you would like to give us a comment, uh, give us a review, even a negative review at this point, just any review. Oh, especially a negative review. Um, our, our list is a shambolic yes, piece just... of shit. It's 348 movies deep. I promise you there is a movie in here that will upset you because it is above or below another movie on this list. But it's it's all just, you know, in fun. Uh, but please... Um, rate us or if you're not into the rating thing just word of mouth um, tell us that I have some uh, merch that I am not allowed to sell because it uses copyright material and I am saying that on a public forum right now <laughs> but if you would want it I think if you're on Twitter you've probably uh, seen us retweeting the stickers that uh, one or two people have already gotten. Mm -hmm. um, I have a very limited supply, but if you want a sticker, drop me an email at wreckandbilecast at gmail.com. Uh, slap it up in the bathroom of your local bar or put it on your Im uh, important uh, possessions and let people know how you feel about horror movie podcasts that have a very small listenership. Very small, but very faithful listenership. Oh, awesome. I cannot. We, we love y'all. It's gushing time. I cannot believe how great you people are. The fact that you actually listen every week. Right? And, um, and even the people that I see in public that bring up these films in conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I've been catching a lot of heat about Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and Same. I've also gotten a heartwarming um, support from a lot of people that are like... People will, will walk up to me and whisper, but you're right, though. <laughs> So, um, it's, it's good to hear. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about all I got. You got anything else? Uh, please check out, uh, Midnight Pulp and please check out Shudder because, um, they have been so kind to sponsor the show and stay spooky. Later, folks.